0: Hey, everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Whitener Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at sonicwebsidios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs at below the competition way. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebsidios.com. Mention the Mike Whitener Show. Get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give official shout out to our official sponsor of the Mike Weidner Show, international warring author Mia Molson If you love fast paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molson available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love would be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia and Molson Z has great reviews in Eve 11 and George by Howard Celebrities, including Joanna Cassidy, Forge Riley, and Manales. So grab your copy today for Girls Missing by Mia and Molson available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Weidner Show at dot one on over 40 podcast platforms heard in over 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, Apple Music. Also on HamiltonRadio.net, Diamonds FM, Oldies Radio, and a few networks coming soon. Take the Mike Weidner Show with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Weidner Show on the YouTube channel. Follow the Mike Winer Show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok today. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Winer Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, hoodies, tote bags, and uh, baseball gear and more makes great gifts. Twenty four seven. Go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Winer Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com/slash Me and for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles. Also, t-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more amazon.com slash me and zia check it out today i'll support the mike Weidner show on anchor fm paypal and the mike show.com make sure you give generously today we're here on a cross country uh tour you could say continental we got uh one gentleman in france who's back with us we also got a wonderful uh, artist and uh producer in um england and also an amazing guitarist musician also photographer and um artist as well in germany and um this uh, lady, this gentleman we're going to have featured, born and raised in England, the son of Italian uh, immigrants who came to England in the 40s, began his career at nine years young, formed his first band at 15 and uh, played at the Cavern Club where the Beatles uh, started and the Marquee Club in London, played to 20,000 in uh, Budapest at one point and his group won the Talking Blues Award uh, back in November 98th and also photographer and uh, artist and also with a gentleman who was also um helping make uh, Audio 54 and assisting this wonderful guitarist. And, of course, we also out back by popular demand. Uh, one of the amazing hosts of um, Get Ready to Rock. He was on with uh, Black Pearl, and uh, he gives an update on the uh, venture as well, too, and combining all three forces live, ladies and gentlemen, for the Plus Studios in France, England, Germany, and beyond. The very multi-talented Pete Finstra, along with Craig Marshall and... Mick Peeney, so we got Audio 54. Guys, good morning, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us, and good evening as well, too. And uh, Pete, great to have you back, by the way. Yeah, great. Great to be on the show, Mark, as always. This is one of my favorite podcasts. And definitely one of the favorite podcasts as well, too. We had you on the before as well, too, with uh, Black Pearl and um, Marcus Seban and uh, everything else. So um, tell us how, how you've been doing with uh, Black Pearl, and um, what's, been, what's been the latest on that? Well, really good. I mean, we've had...
1: I think we've had about 25 really good reviews now, which is which is absolutely great. Uh, the only thing that hasn't happened is that they haven't started gigging yet, which is uh, going to be next year now, I think, because uh, what happened was Marcus particularly had, uh, and in his side, they had a, a year's worth of gigs. Uh, they lost them all because of COVID, of course. So the current year, they've got to kind of get those gigs back and then uh, the next year you start with a clean slate. So hopefully it will be then.
0: Mhm, and you also got the uh, Get Ready to Rock podcast as well too. And uh, tell everybody where can they find you in your podcast and uh, all the music at. And uh, we'll be talking to a couple of gentlemen. Who's uh, one of them is charted number fifty eight in uh, South Africa. Actually,
1: it's a. Uh... 58 in Holland, and I think your show is uh, 58 in
0: uh, <laughs> South Africa. Too, too many numbers out there. <laughs> we're all
1: charted. We're all charted. But, uh, but actually, I think that's one of the, the, the great things I, I came on here to say. I, I, I'm going to let everybody else talk. But uh, I think for somebody like Mick who's been in the business for so long and then hooking up with, with Craig and then to actually make uh, Dutch charts, number 58 on the on hot 100, as, as an independent blues artist is uh, unprecedented, I think. that's that. So uh, congratulations, both of you. Really, Thanks. really excellent. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And and of course you're here today to bring two wonderful gentlemen together. We have uh, a gentleman who's uh, been, been a singer, songwriter, musician, guitarist uh, for quite a long time, began guitar at nine, formed his first band at 15 and um, also played at the Cavern Club in Liverpool along with the Marquee Club and um, also released, um, Uh, His latest release, Are You Blind?, featuring the title track and more, and also got um, some of the forthcoming sessions as well, too, and uh, also have Pastoral, and also uh, next to him as well, too, who's uh, part of Audio 54, and uh, if I got this right, photographer and artist as well, too. We got uh, Craig Marshall and Mick Peeney, and uh, before we uh, get into that, um, so guys, um, tell us how you first got started. So uh, who wants to go first, Craig or Mick? Which one? And Pete, if you want to jump in, feel free to do so. You can Again, be on the coal
2: horse in a way. <laughs> I'm happy to go first. Uh, first met Mick uh, when I was at the tender age of, uh, I think, 14. Uh, I was just hanging around uh, a neighbor's flat. Uh, the neighbour was actually in a band signed to Warner Brothers at the time. And Mick was just, like, part of the local scene, a friend of his. And I was just, like, uh, you know, a little starry-eyed kid. And he was as gracious as ever. Uh, and then fast forward a few years... Uh, I think I was probably in my late teens, maybe early twenties and Mick uh, kind of saw the band I was with uh, playing live. Really liked what we did. And then basically we we kind of obviously Mick, Mick's been touring around the world and what have you. So we kind of lost touch a little bit and then hooked up again when Mick was doing a a, a gig back in, in Leicester, you know, our former hometown and we sort of uh, had a chat and then, just out of the blue one day I was working on a tune and just thought Mick could be great for this. So, uh, got interested him in through social media and, uh, and the rest of his history, basically, you know, he, he liked what he, he, he was enjoying what he was doing and he liked what he heard. So we, we carried on doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and and Craig, uh, before we get over to Mick, uh, how'd you first get started in the business?
2: how did I first get started? Um... Wow. Um, basically my first gig uh, uh, the first gig i ever saw um my cousin i was at a family wedding sorry i'm I'm going on a bit i was a family wedding i was probably about eight something like that. my cousin was in a band at the time called the pesky g which was in in mod era um a guy called zoot taylor and he took me to uh salubrious um Gig at the Evington Boys Club, <laughs> which was <laughs> like a small, like kind of youth club type thing, and there was a, a band called the Farinas playing as well, which went on to be uh, the family. And so basically, uh, at the age of eight, I was just surrounded by all these gorgeous girls doting on me because I was like the little kid, uh, and I just thought, yeah, this this is I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> And that was kind of really, that set the seed. And then and just like, uh, I think when I was about 14, something like that, started gigging at schools and things like that. And then just basically stayed with it.
0: Hmm. That's rather interesting. was it one precise moment that simply influenced you in what you're doing for the rest of your career?
2: Sorry, say again, Mike?
0: What what was that one precise moment that simply influenced you into what you're doing for the rest of your career? Oh, right. Uh, I, I think
2: basically just the first time I got on stage, I mean it was it was frightening and it was exhilarating <laughs> at the same time in equal measure and i just kind of i couldn't decide whether to run or stay so i decided <laughs> to, <laughs> to stay so yeah it was it was probably around about fourteen, fifteen. and i thought yeah this is what i want to do okay and who
0: are some of your favorite artists singers and musicians growing up oh wow uh how long have you got mike um my... As, as much time as you want, right, Pete? I mean, you, you've gone on for hours <laughs> and hours. You are, know are that. Mick's there
2: there got there decades
0: of experience. We'll get to him later as well. So.
2: <laughs> My personal heroes are uh, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, Keith Richards, uh, and then obviously there's the David Bowie will, will, will always be there. So, and uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Uh, and the, the rest, I mean, I've got a massive record collection, but they're the ones I always come back to.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's certainly interesting as well, too. And then, Mick, uh, you pretty much uh, began guitar at nine, formed your first band at 15, played at the Cavern Club and Marquee as well, too, in London. And um, you also got your latest release, uh, Are You Blind? And you also um have Pastoral as well, too. And uh, you also won some accolades with your debut release um, back in 1998. We'll get to those. And, um, you know, tell us how you first got started, Mick.
3: So, Mike, last, last sentence...
0: Um. Tell us how you first got started.
3: Um, well, it's, if you can imagine the nineteen fifties, if you think about fifty seven, fifty eight, we just come after the war. Yeah, I didn't know if there was a war or not, but I certainly got a clip on the ear from a, a policeman playing on these uh, um, uh demolished houses and. Uh, then I gradually got to learn, you know, oh, okay, the, you know, the war and that. But no, but during that time, it was, it was a very depressing time in, in England. And uh, at the time, um, funny enough, I'll put the story short. Um, I heard, I saw this this LP uh, on Columbia, Orange, and it's Bob Dylan. I thought, this guy's really strange. I really love his words. I love him. He's a blues man, without a doubt. Then I got into John Lee Hooker. And I thought, this guy's got something as well. And it went on from there. And I started learning more about the blues. And there was a lot more in the blues. But then during that time, Mike, uh, you had the Stones and Beagles coming up, 63, 64, Um, and then the Yardbirds, all all these British bands. And then in America, you obviously, you know, it it was really starting to take off in the... um, in the hippie thing about 67, 68. And again, this was a different thing altogether, you know. And I tend to go more towards the American side, you know, uh, of music because uh, people said to me, Mick, you belong in America because them guys, you go for it. And I couldn't get into America, you see, unfortunately, because of my status as a musician. And people said, don't tell them you're a musician. Tell them you're a painter. i'm 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 a a very straight guy i'm a very straight guy and and funny enough um i just uh, you know i did i did my art at art college and i was going to get accepted at uh, the slade in london but unfortunately it cut storage that all fell fell to the ground because of the teacher uh left there uh started busking on the streets in london started joining bands in my hometown got fed up of being in my hometown, moved to Salisbury. moved to Liverpool, moved to wherever I could find there's some kind of movement. And during about 67, 68, I was spending a lot of time in London, you know, and I found that a quite a, an exciting time in London, you know, as opposed to now, you know, but again, my, my real thoughts were like going to uh, America, you know, and uh, it never, it never, it never came to fruition, you know, but, uh, Again, you know, you 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 you, you 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 take by the music that's coming from there. You know, all the black music, which I was really into, like Craig was saying, or um, the Marvin Gaye's. I love it all. If it's if it's, if it's, if it's if it's good music, it's blues to me, you know, you can call it whatever you want, you know, it's great music, you know, and I've always found the Americans have got that kind of thing, you know, as in, in England, it's a lot more jagged than music, it's a lot more like set in a box, you know, like if you think, you know, good bands, you know, small faces, but you think, yeah, it's pop, you know, there you go, you know, it's not, you know, it's a three minute thing, that's all you're going to get. Whereas in America, it's like, yeah, you, know, you get an old album, you know, you get three days of album music you know? here. <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll tell you how good they are, you know. <laughs> I mean, how can you tell by a pop thing? You know, you can't tell. But that's it, babe. When I was growing up, I, I got more, a lot more into, um, you know, finding different, going to auditions, finding, I had many bands, I formed many, many bands, but. As I went along, uh, and funny enough, Pete was around at the time, but we didn't really know each other. But he'd been a, 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 um, a bit of a promotion. He, he's from the Nottingham side, and I'm from the Leicester side.
1: And uh, miles, funny yeah.
3: enough, you know, we met up again. Yeah. Go on, take it from there, Pete.
1: No, 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 sorry. I was, I, I was just explaining to Mike, it's 26 miles between the two. Yeah, in the east, yeah. east Midlands. Yeah. I, think I, met, I think I met Mick in 75, I think it was Captain Video, is the band he was in, and, and uh, anyway, as time went on, as Mick says, you, you you go off and do different things, and then we'd be hooked up again, uh, briefly in the 80s, and then the mid-90s particularly, I started promoting him a lot, and then the noughties, the early 2000s, when he'd moved to Germany and, and became a star over there, and uh, came back to the UK, and uh, I thought, blindly, he's still doing it. And then I realised, then I realised by doing my homework, this was before, well, the internet was around, but not like it is now. He didn't have all that information at his fingertips. But Mm. I suddenly realised he was playing with all these amazing people, probably, as Mick will tell you, his own heroes from the States, a lot of them, in Germany. Because Germany's probably the second biggest rock and blues market in the world after America. A
0: lot of
1: people don't realise that, but it is, you know, and... uh, As a matter of fact, as an aside to that If you look into the history books of rock and roll Particularly in the late 60s onwards You'll discover that there's two places in Europe Where tour bands always go, American tour band One is Germany because it's the biggest uh, area And the other one was Finland Because they always used to pay for the uh, airplane fares. So they start in Finland They start in Finland, go through Sweden, Denmark and wherever I'm missing one out, Norway and then work their way to Germany, and then you'd be in Germany for months. And when you think about it, that goes all the way back to, well, the German market goes all the way back to the Beatles, 63, yeah, no, exactly.
0: about the same time that Mick started, in fact. So we've done hmm.
1: full circle. That, that,
0: that, yeah. was inter- that, was, that was interesting, Pete. You mentioned about uh, Finland as well, too. It's just like you know, a lot of us didn't know about Finland being one of the um, top markets in Germany. What were the main factors for Finland being um, a really hot market for uh, rock and blues besides Germany? What are some of the factors behind it? Well, I think they offer cheap airfares, to, you know, to try
1: and get people to come to, to Finland because it's stuck up there, you know. And uh, but also the thing about Finland and Europe in general, which what attracts American bands, is the fact that you can be big in a small territory. Now mm-hmm. Finland's only eight thousand people, which is eight million people. I beg your pardon, eight mm-hmm. million people. Well, London itself is ten millions. So it gives you an idea of perspective. But you can you can you can do very well in Finland, and you can do very well in Denmark. Build up a, a momentum, and by the time you get to Germany, which is a mass market, you can really uh, you know you can really be on your way. And uh, mm. and, and Mick's a good example of that. I mean, mm. he's kind of chipped away in Germany, got, got work in Switzerland, Austria, all these places, and and it made him. I mean, he, you know, his first album, that Wild Man, sold twenty thousand albums as an independent release, which is unbelievable.
0: That, I, I I certainly noted that too. That was amazing. Now let me ask you this: in terms of Finland being eight thousand, does Luxembourg count? Yeah. Well, as a tax haven, yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought Switzerland was a tax haven with those yeah, banks go, and such. <laughs> We've all got something going on.
1: Well, Ireland, Ireland, by the way, is a great example of that. You know, you know. I don't know if you know this. You know what they did in Ireland? If you're an artist, you yeah. you pay zero tax. As long as you're a resident there for six months a year, and mm. and it would be it would not be unusual to go around dublin and see one of the Stones, for example, or one of you two, or any of the well, they are from Ireland anyway, but you know some very and some very famous actors as well, and they all base themselves there because of course Ireland wants the income, you know, and, wow. and what they don't get in tax, they get in, a, in another you know disposable income, you know. So, mm. yeah. and and Roy Harper moved there. Years ago, he's still there now. He's, he's about eighty now. But very
0: well-known folks. In, you know. Oh my gosh, that's interesting. Learning a lot from you guys as well too. And um, and and then Mick, uh, I was um, I'm trying to think what I was going to say as well too. So, uh, oh, I was going to ask you what was that one precise moment that simply influenced you into what you're doing for the rest of your career.
1: Uh, well, I think, uh, uh,
3: well, Mike Vernon. Mike Vernon, the producer, he, he took me on. That was the biggest thing that ever happened for me because I always wanted him as my producer. The second is Pete because Pete's, you know, uh, and the third is Craig because uh, Craig and Pete really helped me, you know, especially, you know, Pete says, you know, uh, try and do something new, Mick, you know, rather than just the blues, but put, include your blues playing in it. And I couldn't see it first, but when I, when, I, when I saw what Craig was sending me, I just went, this is absolutely dynamite. I love it. I love it. Because, you know, I'm not a software man, but the way Craig <laughs> does it, you know, he, he's got a way of putting it across, you know, and you think, oh, my God. And when he did that, Are, are You Blind?, I says, man, you've got to get that out. It's a, it's a, it's a great track. It's, you know, it's, it's yeah. just a dynamite, you know. And he really? says, oh, I don't know. I said, no, please, please.
2: Yeah. And he took yeah. me I advice. To, and- I have to say, uh, Mick, Mick sort of really did bring that one out. I, I'd kind of like written it, got a rough idea down, and then I tend to leave things on the back burner and then come back to them a little bit. But Mick just kept on saying, "What about that one? What about that one? You got to do it. You got to do it." And uh, eventually, I thought, "Yeah, he's right." So, um, well, you
1: know, know, if it wasn't for that track, we'd call you, uh, we'd call you the George Martin of the blues. But that's a reggae track,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Craig. I think you've been been proclaimed George Martin already. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. No, I
1: mean,
0: I mean both. I mean. I mean, at the end
3: of the day, you know, I saw the I saw the intuition that Craig's got, you know, and I started realising I want to move on, you know. I don't want to be – and plus by 2.19, I'd just finished doing some concerts in Belgium and uh, everything fell apart with COVID for everybody else as well. And I was just absolutely a lost end. And uh, Craig rang me and says, uh, would you help us out? I says, yeah, sure, just send me some stuff, you know. And from there – that's how we got together and we've been together since then, you know. But I hadn't seen him for 40 years, you see. And like Craig was saying, you know, we, we had met in Leicester natures. In we didn't kind of know each other, but well, Craig would come to some of my gigs and uh but you know, people people would say them two are opposites. I can't understand it. Well, of course, <laughs> the opposites attract, don't they? <laughs> ah, yeah,
1: yeah, very
3: true. But that you know. That that that's the main and then Pete just gave me the idea and says, Mick, that's you know, try it. And I says, Yeah, I am. I am trying it. And uh, he's come up with some really lovely stuff and Pete's really helpful as well he I'm not that clever with words, but he comes up with some great words. There's one song he in particular, uh I saw he did this gospel song. It's called it's on the Are You Blind, um, Hard Lesson in Love. And the words just hit me straight away. I just had to get my daughter to get on the piano, one and a half hours, all done in one take. And, just and she, sounds like, and she sounds like John Lennon on the piano. Yeah. It's incredible.
1: yeah. <laughs> Very haunting piano line,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that worked for me, because that's, that's me at my, you know, when I love something. It's like all great ideas, Mike, come inspiration they're the, they're the 10 second things you know not the things that you plan or you set. Sa- well like craig says sometimes you put them in the back boot and they're in the in the closet and you can go back to it you know it's like a little bank account you've got there and you go "Oh, i'll try this you know, you know let's yeah. see what this see how this works you know and and he's right you know and I, I i work that way as well myself you know but at present moment you know it's uh it's a great way to get to try and incorporate the blues in so many different ways. I mean, a great exponent of that is one of one of my well-loved guitarists, Freddie King. You know, because this guy just came stomping in and doing something completely different to any bluesman i have ever heard. You know, I just thought I was about to pack in in '73 when I saw him. I thought, that's it. That's <laughs> how good you got to be.
1: <laughs> you
3: know, he yeah. just woke me up. He woke me up, you know, and I just thought, this is the man who. You know, and again, you know, Dylan. Uh, I love, I love all good music. I mean, you know, you go and see BB. He's great, but you know, it's either slow shuffles or fast shuffles, and you know, it's nice. You know, and he's got, he's got a trill on his fingers. You know, and it's nice the way he does it. The same as Albert King and Roy's completely unusual. But you know who they are, and them days, it was a very much that kind of way. You know, if you if you're into music, you know, you'd say. You Know the people who'd be into Grateful Dead, people who'd be into Quicksilver. I mean, I'd love some of that, you know, Quicksilver, and uh, you know, um, there's some great stuff coming from America, you know, equally in England as well, you know. uh, um, But the Americans had, I I got this uh, go for it attitude, Mike. Yeah
0: hmm you, you know something you rattle off some of the uh names as well too in uh terms of blues and everything else you rattle off some of the uh british blues and also um other country blues as well too but the two i could think of is uh and give us your thoughts muddy waters and um oh. i'm trying to think Ro- robert johnson it's like those are the other oh.
3: two. oh you're talking oh, common sense you know yeah to me you know, it's impossible. Nobody could copy that. Nobody. He, you know, it's, it's, it's impossible. You know, Bill Wyman says nobody could play like that. You know, you'd have to be a genius, really. Uh, even if you tried to copy it, you could never sing like that. And the guy's just, you know, from his life, you know. And again, same as J.B. Lenron, all the greats, Howling Wolf, you know, um, they're, they're just real specials. And again, they weren't accepted them days until B.B. went to the. Um, Bill Graham's film ball and uh, he, he stood there started playing and all the whites were all going mad over him he'd never got all that kind of rendition you know and clapping <laughs> and all that he got you know if he got a five for the night you know what I mean <laughs> but um, you know uh, uh, and I think that's where the white guys like Clapton, um, you know, the, the white players gave the, the black players and buddy uh, uh, muddy guys a bit more of a platform, which was great. And then, days were different today, you know, there was a lot more keenness in wanting to know, you know, different kinds of music, but they all added up to the same thing. As long as they've got a great feel, you can call it whatever you want. If it got went yeah. on the back, if it went on your, up your back and sh- sh- shook you, you know, like, you know, you just thought, well, it's got to be great music, isn't it? You know, it's it's it's, uh, it's something you you can't explain. You know, it's great. You know, um, and you know, I mean, how how do you explain a a princess on a pin? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! That I, is I, I, a, yeah. yeah,
1: but
3: but I bet. But, you you know, you you just learn, don't you? You learn so much. You you read so much about the culture then. And a lot of it was coming from... Uh, Europe, as Pete was saying, you know, the Europeans, uh, what I loved about Blue Horizon was Mike Vernon. He consulted the whole lot and brought people over from America like Otis Spam and Freddie King. I mean, Freddie wouldn't have got an opening if it wasn't for Mike Vernon, you know. It, you know, I mean, I didn't even get to know about Freddie till about the 70s. I'd heard his name. But to see the man is phenomenal. You know, absolutely phenomenal i've seen bb yeah he's great and now great but well, i mean you know you just think god who are these guys you know uh, again in america you're getting it 27 hours a day you know what i mean you could go to the film more than days you could go to the whiskey and go-go you could go and see these guys in chiseling places in chicago guys. Mm, yes
0: yes that's right and, and of course, I remember it being in Chicago as well too. Got to catch Muddy Waters, Eddie Clearwater, the Chief, and um Chess Records was not too far down the road. That's a legendary place uh, we visited. It was amazing what they did at Chess.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the it, to finish the the the, uh, the the conversation is. That's what I loved about it. The American thing really hit me that way. But what stopped me was the, the authorities didn't want an English musician over there. And I wanted to go back anyway and go back to England and then go back done. to America
1: again. <laughs> eh? they still done. Well, you man. know what I
3: mean? It, it, it was really hard them days to get a, a visa, you know. And uh, still is. Well, yeah, look, I, met, I met Peter Green at, at, at the embassy in 1978. I knew it was him. And I went up to him and said, like, you're Peter Green, aren't you? He says, Yeah. He says, you're Mick, aren't you? I said, of course I am. I said, you
0: <laughs> am. nothing, man. Are you blind?
3: Very <laughs> <laughs> good. So, so he had a beard then. He was, he was looking a bit rough then, you know. He needed a shave then. He got his American woman with him. And I said, said "I said, what are you doing? He says, trying to get my visa. I said, you'd be looking if you can get your seventh day having, you know, uh, life back, you know, because he." <laughs> you know. He'd been going through so much. I mean, Peter was such a—he's uh, a great guy, but very open to the other things which he should have not got involved in. You know, in the business, you know, the, the the other things that we we don't talk about. But again, you know, uh, you know, uh, I don't know—an an odd ball, an odd ball. You know, uh, an odd uh, player. But when I. When I saw him at, uh, um, I opened up, well, he opened up in 96 and uh, we were in another tent, big tent in uh, Reading and uh, Guildford. sorry, uh, 96. And uh, after we finished our set, I went down to go and listen to him and I was crying after the third number. I thought, this is not Peter Green. You know, this is nothing like Peter Green. The other guy was doing all his bits and I thought, "It's finished, he's finished. You know, and I, I, you know, it just dumbed me, and it's like, it's like hearing Bob Dylan trying to do ABBA, you know. What I mean? mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know, you know, what the hell was, he, why is he doing that for? You know, uh, you know, or, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't himself, you know. And again, you know, these things happen, don't they? You know, and uh, I think that's what does it, because I think the fame kills them. I think there's a fine line between wanting to be someone and just staying in the background and being a bit of an underground artist. And I prefer that, where you build up your audiences from your fans, because most of my fans get me the gigs. It's not the promoters. I mean, I've got to go to Belgium on Thursday (laughs) and Friday and Saturday, and my fans got me the gig. It's so a
0: festival. And it says, we've not seen you for 30 years. I says, you're luckier. Huh? I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> and talked to those 20,000 people in Budapest, too. That explains it right there. So. Oh, that
3: was, that was. Um, yeah, and it was run by a guy who kept on running around from Buda to Pest. And he said, get in the taxi. And we are driving around. And he was always looking around at this taxi car. Said, what's wrong with you? Oh, it's all right. I've just got to go into here. I was going, I was sitting in this going on here? I've just got to get some money from this. I said, "Well, you are the promoter." Oh yes, don't worry. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've got to go down <laughs> here now. I thought, with oh, 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 this?" It says, "You know, what's this? A bloody taxi service to the moon." <laughs> 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 anyway, I'll stop rapping on you guys. Uh, you guys <laughs> uh, I could he, talk all night, like you were saying, Mike. Like uh, you, were saying, uh,
1: he,
0: he, you know something, Mick? I was just going to say we could resume that. We'll talk about some of your uh, other works along with uh, continuing with Are You Blind? But first, listen to the Mike Weidner Show at the MikeWeidnerShow.com, powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at Studios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable, custom web designs that below the competition. Way. Call today one 800 303 3960 It's one 303 3960 or email to support at SonicWeb Mention the Mike Weidner Show, get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give official shout out to our official sponsor of the Mike Weidner Show, International Watering author Mia zia If you love fast paced mysteries, you'll love missing by Mia zia Available on Amazon paperback and ebook. Missing is fast paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love would be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Zia has gone great reviews in Evil 11 and George's by Howard's celebrities, including Joanna Cassidy, Forge Riley, Eminems. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molson's available on amazon also check out the mike whitener show at the mike whitener show.com on a reporting podcast platforms heard in over 100 countries also on hamiltonradio.net diamonds fm oldies radio and a few networks coming soon take us with you on any mobile device subscribe to the mike whitener show on the youtube channel follow the mike whitener show on instagram twitter and tiktok today for great gift ideas go to amazon.com and check out the mike whitener show podcast and for more great gift ideas go to amazon.com slash me and muslim for great books merchandise and more I'll support the Mike Weidner Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, the com. Make sure you give generously today. We're here with the uh, terrific uh, triumphant here on the Mike Weidner Show. Uh, Pete Finzer, the host of uh, Get Ready to Rock, is with us, along with um, Craig Marshall, Audio 54, and Mick Peeney, the uh, legendary uh, singer, songwriter, guitarist. And um, lots of great stories I heard from Mick as well, too. Pete, glad to join us again. And Craig, um, thanks for joining us as well, too. And uh, Mick, before we talk about uh, Are You Blind?, we're going to cover a- Second, more songs as well, too. And uh, besides your Un-American Activities, you also had um, Big Boss Man, Ain't No Foolin', Blue, Blue's Gonna Be My Way, Come To My Kitchen, Route 66, and uh, How Blue Can You Get, more as well, too. And uh, Happy The Blues. And uh, tell us about um, some of your albums and a few of them were your albums as well. Talk about those.
3: Yeah. Um, well, when you talk about How Blue What, this was a, a turning point, as Pete would say, because me and Pete had a... The same thing for the drummer that came out of the Zappa band. He was special. He was a very special guy. Jimmy Cole Black. He died about twelve years ago. And I had the honoring me uh time to meet him, get to know him really well, a wonderful guy. Um and quite honestly, you know, uh, to me he was, you know, an icon really. I thought you know, when I saw him on the cover, I thought, I'm going to meet him someday. I didn't think that would happen, but he did. And, uh, yeah, I became very close to him and um, had 10 years with him before he died. And uh, he was living in Germany with, with his wife. And, uh, and, and Pete probably, you know, will tell you a few things as well, you know, about um, um, Jimmy. But anyway, but the other albums were... Um, Oh God! There's so many. I mean, you're talking and, about, and of course, so many Craig, hours. You can also
0: join in too if you like, so we can help out. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think,
3: I think a lot of it is, it's just, it's just, just really, just doing it all the time. You know, instead of moaning and whinging, just do. You know, it's all right. You just got to do what you have to do, and that's what you do as a blues man. You know, because each day is going passing, and if you let it go by, you know, it's your own. Folks for letting it go by okay they're not all going to be great albums but i never had the opportunities of going into a great studio i never had the opportunity to met mike mike helped me quite a lot really but then you know mike's kind of retired so again you know you've got no producer but with craig I found something special, you know, and I think I was moving on. And like Pete says, you know, it's something very new and it's the best move I ever made, really, you know, from you should, you should
1: actually, uh You should actually mention the Backtrack album, which is an update of a mixed-back catalogue that Craig brought new life to and, and just made it something completely yeah. different. Yeah, true, true. It's like a true. new album, really, yeah. of yeah, older, older material, but completely reconfigured. You
2: know, for the twenty-first century, and that's not hyperbole. I mean, that's yeah. true. I mean, I, I was really Pretty surprised yeah. when, when uh, I, I realized how many albums Mick had, had actually made. What is it, Mick? Is it around about twenty albums? About
1: 20,
3: well, with us, about twenty-seven yeah. now. 20,
2: twenty-seven yeah. albums, <laughs> which and a good portion of live too, which is good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that it's very, very much a kind of. Um, that kind of touring musicians of uh, it was what sort of just naturally followed bands would be on tour and then would just go and record and almost record the live gig uh, yeah. and would be the album. Whereas I think what we've, what we've done now, and I certainly what out with with Mike uh, when, when, when Mick was working with Mike Vernon is it was, it wasn't that kind of just going from the gig to the studio. It was kind of just, Go to the studio and think yeah. about what you what you're producing, what you're Absolutely. creating, and make it something that's got that longevity. Rather than just an extension of the gig, it was a, a new creative process, and I think that's what Mick really, really related to with Mike. And, well. certainly, and certainly the, the 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 music that came out of those sessions was phenomenal. It was it was way way above anything Mick had done previously. I think, and hopefully. That's kind of where we're getting to now because um, the, the the music that we're recording and releasing is not necessarily what Mick is is going to be performing live. I keep on getting on to him saying, you've got to get the band to rehearse these numbers because oh, people are going to want to hear them live, you know? And he's got a superb new band. I don't know whether anybody's seen the the, the, the some clips on YouTube, but he's just put together a new band uh, which... Especially because of his, his back trouble, it's been quite a, quite a challenge for him, and they are phenomenal. So I'm I'm just hoping that we can get them to uh, to play some of the numbers live because it's going to sound yeah. fantastic. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, the, so, the, so the next one will be the live album then, will it, Greg? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the time this interview gets Why Why done, not? the
0: live is going to be out. I can see that happening. By the time we're done, the next live album's going to be out. And <laughs> another live, another live. It's like, what's next these days?
3: The classic thing, Mike, I've learned in the English drummers, you've got the rock drummers, yeah, you know, they play like this kind of, you know, as if they're stuck up the bum you know and uh <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got the real classy ones that use their whole bodies you know and they do something completely different you know you'd think well how's do you do you know yeah, that's what i want to hear the off beats the, the behind the beats and i think that's why I, lo- I not think i know i love the american music because a lot of the blues and a lot of the, the American music is based on on the heartbeat, you know, it, it goes right to the core of of drumming, you know, and and when you see that kind of free form drumming where they're really inventive, and the drummer I've got now, I've been looking for a drummer like that for about fifty years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But you've never had the opportunity to meet someone like that because they all want a thousand quid a week. You know what I mean? So, so again, you know, that these young guys, he's a young guy, he's done academies, he's done the whole lot. And he, he just looks at me, doesn't say anything to me. He's a young guy. And I can tell he likes what I'm doing. And I, I'm, that's how I keep it with him, you know, and that's the best way to be one building one say, Oh, you're a great young No, no, no he knows where you're coming from and that's what you need. And again, I've got a a black bass player called uh, Al Al Morris. He's from, uh, I believe, Illinois, somewhere like that. And he's living in Germany and he's a great guy as well. Very quiet guy, you know, and I like that. And he's got a great feel as well. So again, it's back to this thing I was saying at the beginning. The Americans have got this wonderful way of getting to grips with things. Even the punk bands. What was that punk band I used to call? It? I mean, I, I'm not really a punk band, but there was one band that came along. But my God. You know, if you if compare with the... This, this band were my... Okay, I'll give you the next example. Would you go and see... Well, I better not mention any names. No, no, I better not. But when, if you go to see and Naar, you think you're going to see a show if you like rock and roll? If you see the English band, they're not going to know. You know, you're 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 looking for eighty-year-olds to go and listen to that, you know, which is fine, you know, but it's it's not progressive in any kind of way. You're just going to get the same and the same and the same, you know. And the whole point of music, it's got to move on, you know, like yeah. Pete and Pete and. Um, Craig was saying, you know, you've got to move on. And that's what I liked about their ideas, you know, rather than being stuck in the, uh, you know, with your blues. I mean, it's all blues, really, isn't it? You know, if it hits you, it hits you, you know, it moves you, you know. And uh, that's the only way I can describe it, you know, um, like like Freddie King, you know. To me, he played rock, funk, you know, the whole lot, you know. And I mean, you know, he's just an absolute nook case, you know. Yeah, but he was brilliant, <laughs> You know, these bandwagon look cases as well, you know, two keyboards, you know, and you think, you know, and he's good at playing bass and he looked effortless playing it. And, and you just thought, how did they get a sound like that? It's ridiculous, you know, but they did, you know, and again... You know, um, the Americans have got that wound up for me. <laughs> you know, they've got that wonderful way of going for it rather than, oh, we must try it like this and set it into a format. I don't think the Americans work that way. They just do it. Come on, let's do it. And if you can't just, do it... Just
0: do it. it. That's right. That's how we operate. We roll, yeah. right? <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Well, that's what I love about the challenge
3: because, lo- you know, that's what I love about it, Mike. You know... Uh, I'm not scared of the challenges. What I'm scared of is people don't give you the challenges.
1: <laughs> the opportunity,
0: I, yeah. Right. I can totally relate to that too. And uh we we I'm glad I covered Bright Tack. I was gonna mention it. I'm glad you read my mind. You also have pastoral out as well, too. And uh tell us a bit about that. Uh
3: pastoral is 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 is, is more of it's Pete's uh um title. I thought it's 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 relevant to the the music. Then Pete got it. Got someone called Marcus Flynn from the Marcus Flynn band to do the graphics, and the, he did a great job. And uh, it's a, it, it's based on peace, really, and 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 wonderful uh, insights of the beauty of the world and how it's you know let's 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 keep try and keep that in you know, that that wonderful peace and collin, you know, um, make, and,
1: uh,
2: make, unfortunately. Uh, Sorry, sorry, Mick, yeah. But I was just going to say, Mick does go, um, you know, in his local areas, he's he's absolutely beautiful and goes on, well, when his back permits, goes on bike rides or walks through some wonderful lakes and and countryside, and is a bit handy with a camera, I have to say, and takes some wonderful photographs. And I think Pastoral, the actual track, was almost like a reflective piece, I, I, I think we had this conversation, Mike. You, you'd been you'd been out and and you came back and and just kind of it came to you and and you started playing it uh, and you flew it over to me over the internet. And what do you think? What do you think? I was like, wow, because some of the chords were just you know amazing. Uh, and then we 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 kind of worked on that a little bit uh, and and then just bit by bit built it up into to, into the track it is. But it it was. The whole essence of it was to just, um, and and I'm I, I do tend to get it a little bit caraway sometimes with drums and things
0: like that. <laughs> it's okay. It's good. It's good. Keep it going. <laughs>
2: so the, it was a constant, sight, just pulling the thing back to make to just let it breathe and and give it that sort of uh, that pastoral feel. And and Pete, you know, picked up on it straight away and said and said the word and and, and it stuck really, didn't it, Pete?
1: Yeah, and, and if you, if you I don't know if you've seen the video, Mike, but, I mean, uh, the, 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 the thing that Marcus Flynn put together, they're actually the photographs that Mick took in, in the area that, that Craig was talking about. And it's an aesthetic. That's the mm. word we're all searching for. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a whole yeah. aesthetic. Right, it's yes, a, uh, it's yes. music, art, feel, emotion, all, all those things rolled into one, which, which is what
0: blues is meant to be about, after all. You know. mm-hmm. And yeah. I did, and I did get to see the video of that too. Amazing job! Like I got to say that that was amazing. Well, it was it was a kind of uh, it's not the normal vi- video. You actually you draw
1: into this aesthetic, and it's like a picture book really. Here comes yeah. the next one, and then you go. Yeah, yeah. You are like on the wall. You, it's, in fact, you know, there's, there's a parallel here with with the these guys that are very creative on the internet, and they do websites where. They have things called portals. I mean, I'm not I don't know a lot about this, but you have a portal that leads to something else, which is what this is like. You walk from one picture, It's like Alice in Wonderland. You walk from one thing to another. You know, you don't, yeah,
0: one rabbit hole to another. I know how that goes. But <laughs> <you> go. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the music
1: drags you in, drags you in, and that's the, yeah. that's the, the music glues it all together. You know, and, and it usually it does that's that's cool. Craig and
3: Mick's essence right there. The two of them, it's brilliant. Mm. I find, I find when you when you're looking at a film, I mean, it's, I wish I had contacts. I'd love to go into a studio in America and do music for films. I find it really easy to do. I know it sounds a bit <laughs> weird. If you put a the film Very there, much. I can imagine, that. I can imagine some blues wild guitar on it, or nice guitar or whatever guitar you want on it. And you can get and I'm sure I'm gonna do that with Craig. If we could get a film, you know, I mean you need to be in a studio where you've got that kind of uh you know, all the things going there, and then you can create I mean Craig's come up with some good ideas from the thirties of America. You know, says, Oh, we could use some of them pictures. Maybe I could put some guitar on that. And he, we did actually with Wasteland. And that kind of worked didn't it really? You know, with that kind of, you know, and again, you know, I love it all. I love the I love the film work, I love the music, I love playing live, I love creating, you know. And again, as as um, uh, Craig was saying, you know, it was a new objection going on to Mike Vernon because I'd never worked in a studio before, you know, and it, it just taught me something a lot more about how to create. The music, but again, you know, you've only got them abilities to do when you have to do it yourself because you know you're not in a situation where, say, you're clapping. You can just go into a studio. You can turn up in your tenth Porsche with about ninety fucking fingers on you, you know, and 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 and, and, and say, oh, 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 I've got James Jameson on drums. I've got. To, you know, you, know, uh, you know, all these names, you know. I mean, if you can't make an album in the day, there must be something wrong with you. You know what I mean? Because these guys are all top guys. You know, and you go in the studio with someone, some of the people I've played with, I've been there for weeks and done nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been recorded on nothing on some of my albums. And I've thought, well, I don't like that album. One album cost me about £22,000, you know. yeah. And I got the wrong drummer on it, and he thinks it's great. Oh, All right, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be a drummer, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because I had to adjust to that. That's the trouble. You know, what I find with Craig and Pete, I don't have to adjust to anything. They just give me the stuff and say, what do you think you know well, is this all right? you know uh, work at it and then, you know it's a challenge you know and and, and I'm up for it, you know, mm. I find that really, really challenging and great, you know because I think you know what's the old saying, don't come with me with problems give me solutions
1: mm. you know? mm. <laughs>
3: and, and that's how I look at it, you know give me solutions, you know, and uh, that's the only way to do it and and and, and I, you know, it's not about you, it's about how you can create and forget yourself, you know, because most of the people nowadays are trying to sell themselves as musicians, which is fine, you know, but, you know, don't come to me moaning that you couldn't make it, you know, it's not about that. Yeah, it is nowadays, but, you know, you've got to play what's your truth, what you see before you, and, you know, it's all right saying, well, you know, he's on nine hundred quid a minute. You know, well, fine, he can go in the studio. I can't, you know, because I'm I'm using what I've got around me, and I find that really, really, you know, a challenge as well. You know, it's a it's it's not as if you you're going in with you know Steve Gadd and you know uh, all these top guys. I mean, you know, you, you know Jim Keltner, one another one of my favourite drummers. You know, and think, oh wow. I'd love to work with him as well, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, again, you know, most of my guys are Americans. You know, you know. Uh, if you yeah. thought of English guys, I would have said, you know, uh, probably some, some. There are some good ones, you know. I mean, I, I mean. Uh, go
2: on. I was going. I was going to just come back to what Mike said at, uh, a while ago about uh, Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters, and I think you know you may have. What you perceive to be the top players, they may be the top paid people in the business, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to bring any spirit with them and yeah. I think those guys uh, muddy waters and especially Robert Johnston, there was a spirit that was just that just pervaded the the music and 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 hence in on onto the vinyl. I don't care how how much anybody gets paid that that you know that's something you can't buy that's so, right. It, right. it so, so you know, I don't, I don't care who does who, who, who does what and who who gets paid. If the spirit's right, then the then the, then the record will be right. Mm. But, it, but if not, I mean, and this for you know for a reason, Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters started something off big time, and it wasn't because they had the best players and 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 had the most money. It was because they had the right spirit and the right feel. You know, yeah, that,
0: sorry, it was um, cool,
2: pretty much a chemistry. Yeah, well, it exactly. was a good, exactly my
3: it was exactly. a good yeah. Well, it was a good time because I remember we just in them days you got the you know, everything was changing for everybody, especially mm-hmm. people, women, the pill, all this going on. Great books, you know, all you know, Audio Huxley, uh Hess, you had all these great books you could read, and uh George Orwell, James Joyce, you know, uh uh, Camus, you know, you're getting some great stuff, and you're going, wow, that's really interesting. What do the kids get today? Monster Dragon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what am I going to learn here? <laughs> you know. and Then they wonder why they're going around shooting people because they've got games that that, that 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 you know interrupt their real cultural thing. I think that's where Americans going a bit the other way, in a way, you know, rather than getting their kids into. Yeah, giving them some good good insights, you know, mm-hmm. and, and showing them some some social skills, you know, and, and learning about, you know, life really. And America's got a lot to offer in, in culture, really has. I mean, you know, me and Craig, and I'm sure Pete does. We, oh, I mean, I love the time of the the Dust Bowl, because that's when the real spirit was, wasn't it? You know, they were moving from one place and their own people, they were denied by their own people when they got to LA. Oh, you can't stay here, you got to go. And the same as the black people. So there's all this kind of um, racist type of attitude and exphobic things, you know. We never accept as the the people, whether the pink, yellow, blue, and it's still going on today, isn't it? You know, and it's sad really because there's so much more that we could change in this world. And I'm afraid we're going more towards a Trumpian type way rather than a a really kind of um uh you know, not formatted, but some kind of thing where you can see tomorrow's going to be a great day, you know what I mean? There's, oh, there's loads of festivals like there used to be in the 60s, you know. Uh, like people saying if you're in a, a, a Germany, you're getting festivals every day, you know, every day, same as the States, same as England. When you look at it now, what we got? Brexit, no festivals, all playing small clubs, nothing else. You know, when are you going to see a band? Well, you ain't. Because they're not allowed to come to Europe unless they spend a lot of money to come over. And they cut themselves off from Europe, you know. And again, America's moved in with the, the Germans and Europe, uh, and American musicians are coming over here, and they're they're looking they're looking at work over over here,
1: you know. And again, um But it's, the the trouble with America for working musicians has always been distance, the geography. It's as mm-hmm. Simple as that. You can have somebody who's huge in LA or huge in Texas, which is fifty times the size of Great Britain, and yet you know nobody in New York would have ever heard of, you know. Yeah. And that's your that's your problem. That's why it goes back to what I said earlier in the conversation about Finland and all these kind of smaller countries. Mm-hmm. You yeah, can yeah, make yeah. a big splash in a smaller territory, but with the same amount of publicity, and and mm-hmm. publicity will will go worldwide now because yeah. of the internet.
2: I think you know. Certainly, I remember a conversation I had with a, a manager years and years ago, and he was really pushing for me to to actually move out to New York and, and work in, in the States. Uh, and he told me, he said, you can sell more records in New York than you can in the whole of the UK. And I, and, and it, I think, you know, for us in Europe, um, obviously there's some some big countries in Europe, Germany being one, but we, the, the actual scale of of the US is just uh, unless you're you're over there, I, I think you don't quite comprehend just how yeah. big and mm-hmm. how how phenomenal the market is, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, and I and I think you guys made some really good points as well too. And of course, you know, uh, resume that and uh, finish up with Are you blind? What's coming up for uh, Mick Peeny? Pete Feenstra and uh, Craig Marshall. More or find out in just one minute. You listen to The Mike Weidner Show at the MikeWeidnerShow.com, powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at SonicWebSedios.com for all your needs. Also, brought to you by official sponsor of The Mike Weidner Show, international warring author Mia Molson's The Missing, available on Amazon, paperback, and ebook. We'll be back with uh, Mick Peeney, Craig Marshall of Audio 54, along with Pete Feenstra after this time. We're back with um Pete Feenstra, Craig Marshall, and Mick Peeney here on the Mike Wagner show. And um we'll continue on a little bit and uh carry a conversation and uh maybe just a couple more tracks we haven't mentioned about Are You Blind, um late night blues and uh full moon blues. And that's from the forthcoming Way Ahead Sessions. And uh tell us a bit more about that to uh wrap up the Are You Blind?
2: Okay, so what the way ahead sessions are uh we as I said, you know, we from our first sort of uh, creative um element of working together and uh, we just we just continued and um uh, and, uh, and then pete suggested the the backtrack uh project which which was was phenomenal but we were kind of like i i i looked at the the files and i thought it oh, was stacking up a lot of, a lot of tracks here i think at, uh, at one count there was about 23 tracks um and uh, we said, wow, you know, is it a double album? Is it whatever? And then we, between the three of us, we decided, no, let's put out uh, one one four-track EP and then another four-track EP as a kind of lead up to the album. So the album itself, uh, I think we're... I'm not going to release date yet, but it's going to be sometime probably late September, early October. Uh, That has got 12 tracks on it now because... There's eight of the tracks have, have already been released, but then the plan is to do a deluxe album, which will have all of the tracks plus some extras. There's uh, some really, really interesting uh, archive uh, material that we've got, um, which I think we'll, we'll put out for a special treat for for the fans.
0: Mm, that's really interesting. Where can we find all your music at, including the latest uh, Are You Blind and More? Where can we find all your music at?
2: Uh, all music is, uh, it's basically it can be streamed on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's on Amazon Music. It's on iTunes. It's on Deezer. It's uh, every sort of download station and, and download platform that there is. It's there. You just need to search for McPeaney, um and or Audio 54 and you'll find it. It's also on uh, Audio 54 Bandcamp or Bandcamp.com Audio 54 and dot. Bandcamp.com, uh Mick Peaney as well. So okay. yeah, that's basically everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: we'll certainly check that out once again. We're at uh Mick Craig Marshall, Audio 54, along with Pete Finser, Hill and Mike Wagner show. And uh, what else can we expect from all three of you in 2022 and beyond?
2: Ah, oh, good question. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of know because <laughs> <laughs> I've got some ideas that uh I'm working on right now. No, uh, Mick's, I'm a good. <laughs> <laughs> Mick's not heard a lot of them, so it will <laughs> be, um he mentioned Freddie King, it's going to be, well, if, if he's if he's uh, okay with it, it's going to be moving along those kind of lines, so it's going to have a, a bit more R&B, so there's going to be a bit more rhythm in the blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. That's, that's kind of, uh, you know, there's not a... Not a lot more I can say right now, but we're we're working on it, and uh, obviously, Mick's uh, nursing this bad back at the moment, which is kind of mm. putting put everything on hold. You know? And if you're well, any, I'm a tough you know, old
3: boot. I'm a tough yeah, old boot. I've you know, got to go and do Belgium. I've got to go 700k on Thursday. Stay oh. there. Back aches every night, screaming with pills, and then some orange juice. And the, the promoter's going to say. What's wrong with you? I say nothing. I'll get through this, whatever. (laughs) Even if I have to collapse. And that's how how we're born. You know, if you're a musician, you die on stage. Simple as that, you know. You don't know anything else. You know, who do you like?
1: Not me. We've
2: got another album to do though, mate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. Don't say that because we've got another album to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, stick around. And
0: by the time oh, we're done yeah, talking, well, there'll be I another mean, album, like I said. And uh, can you test to that, Pete, there'll be another album done by them by the time we're all finished here. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think, think
1: so. Things will go on for years here. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the, inter- the interesting thing about this is, of course, we haven't really spoke about this because it's kind of negative, but a lot of this came about, a lot of the momentum, I think, came about because of COVID. And
2: yeah, the, yeah. Pre COVID, yeah. Mick yeah. hadn't
1: really done True. a lot of digital stuff, and once you get once you get the time and once you get the availability of, of whoever it is on the project, unlike you know pre COVID where you're all running around doing things, you've actually focused on something. You know, you actually focus on something, and you put yourself on the spot a little bit more. I think you know you certainly when you when you write songs, and, and I'm sure Greg say the same. So would Mick when he's actually got a Deliver the music and uh, yeah, I think in a, in a weird sort of way that that lockdown time was, was was precious in a weird way because it actually focused everybody's creativity or something mm. in this case it did, so yeah,
2: certainly yeah. yeah.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> certainly so, does as well, too. And uh, Craig and Mick, what do you consider biggest influences in your careers? Uh, you first, Mick,
3: what was the question?
0: <laughs> what do you consider see biggest, your biggest, biggest influences career. in your careers?
3: What's the biggest
0: influence, or who are they?
3: Uh, uh, good question. Can you give me three years? I'll get back to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pete, can, can we allow that?
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what you say. Uh, what's the biggest, what was it? Influence. Biggest influence. Um, like what you all said, what, what Craig says, what Pete says, uh, and I'm sure with you, Mike, um, the, this is the blues, man. You know, it, the blues is a living thing. It's never died. You know, it's, it's, it's the roots. It's the roots. And the fruits come later, as Willie Dixon would say, you know. Mm-hmm. And that makes very good sense to me, you know. Uh, and, again... You know, I mean, I remember Moody Waters doing "Let's Spend the Night Together." He hated it. I still think it's great because <laughs> it's so different to what he's doing. But he didn't like the album at all. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know um,
2: uh... for me, my biggest influence. Uh, I, I, I remember I was um, uh, a little tot in my cradle or cot, whatever, and I obviously I was wasn't quite asleep but i i could hear something on the tv downstairs and just kind of jumped up over the side of the cot and came down much to my parents surprise because the beatles were on uh, uh, the uh, variety performance and it, obviously something in the music just kind of connected with me even at that young age so that, as a primary influence, was 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 it really? Because that, and then it, I just wanted to listen to music on the radio and stuff, and I was only about I don't know, three, something like that, two or three. Wow. Um, yeah, and just loved it. And then from there, that was the kind of like the the springboard moment to take me into searching out all those influences, you know. Uh, and like I said, yeah. Marvin mm-hmm. Gaye, Steve Wonder, uh, Keith, Deliboy, yeah and and yeah it just i mean basically any i i like anything that's got a spirit
0: mm. we can all test that as well too what's the best advice you guys can give to anybody at this point all three of you can uh, join on this time to mm. anybody uh what well, in, in the, in the, in the start, starting out in the music no not just in general
2: oh, well just just follow follow your heart yeah just get, follow get what
1: before you... 8
2: <laughs> is that is that French time or G- or British oh, time? Oh yeah, that's that's problematic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depends
1: where you are. Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the Beatles was was the thing for me as well. And then uh, blues, it was Alexis Corner on uh, on a kitchen It was a kids' program in England called Five O'clock Club, and they used to have a house band, Mike. And the house band was Alexis Corner, Jack Bruce. Ginger yeah. Bake, I think Ginger Bake at one point. Graham Bond. Graham Bond. Uh, and yeah. the incredible Dick Hexel Smith. And I, I loved the music. It was an R and B band, really. But I I I was only nine years old and I couldn't get on with Alexis Corner's voice because it's very gruff baritone. <laughs> Whereas now I love it, you know, but back then it was uh, but that that got me into that, and then um all the usual Spencer Davis group and everybody else, and then and then I discovered Frank Zappa. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and he was the guy that, that, that you know, yeah. dra- and me and a lot of other people dragged them into dragged you into all sorts of different musical. And yeah. it's what Mick was saying about America actually earlier on. He, he was never uh put in a shoebox, his music, he, mm-hmm. he'd do a bit of jazz here, a bit of doo-wop there, a bit mm-hmm. of classical here, uh, you know, some fusion there, blues there. Then he had Johnny Guitar Watson on a couple of his records. Whoa, and, yeah, And that led me to Sony. It, it just, it wasn't anything big. Well Hot Rats was the big album for me actually But but after that it, it just kind of opened your mind to All sorts of music that you wouldn't otherwise have Explored And I think mm. what, what we've all got in common here But Mick in particular The reason that this whole project has taken off and, and the reason Mick's got this new life With this whole new thing Apart from me, Craig and all the rest of it Is that He's always been willing, he's always been looking for something interesting. You know, could be spiritually, could be through art, could be blues, you know, emotionally, all that stuff. But he's one of these guys that's always looking. He's not the only one. There's other people and musicians and artists who do the same thing. But if you're not looking,
0: you're not going to find it. It's as simple as that. And that's very yeah. true as well, too. And uh, Mick, what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? Um,
3: Do what you believe. Um, be be open to all challenges. Uh, be strong. Uh, be straight, um, and believe, believe in what you're doing as best you can. Because sometimes you can't do that because you think you can, but you can't. And you just got to listen. Just really listen to what you're doing. You know, and uh, and. Um, See something positive each day when you wake up. You go, What do I get on with now? Here, you know, let's do something positive, let's record something positive. Or I want to take a photo, or it will just come to you. Or, you know, see life as a, a real, um, you know, it's a journey. It's always a journey with me. It's an adventure and a journey. You know, it's not ended yet. So I just go along that journey. As Pete says, you just move along and, you know, uh, open your open your heart to it all, you know, say, so, yeah, yeah. If it don't suit you, you, say, well, I can't do that. It's not my thing, you know. So, again, that's why I enjoyed working these two guys, because, you know, they're, they're saying, Mick, you've been playing so long. Why don't you try something new? Well, that's opened up a new door for me, yeah, a completely new door, you know. As much as we, we, we're limited within – I mean, I'd love real drums, but to get real drums, you know uh, – It's always, you know, you've got to use what you've got and and make the best of it, you know. And what Craig does is is wonderful. He does amazing sounds. You just think, oh, my God, how does he do that? You know, and he's got this software. But, again, you can only do so much and that. But the ideas are there. And you can, and then he'll try and modify that software into a real drum track. He'll come up to me and say, I've got this real drum track. Oh,
1: and I'll go, yeah, yeah, that
3: sounds really good. Let's, let's, <laughs> you know, you know. And so, so again, like he was saying, the future is going to be, because I've got this drummer now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to be talking to him and say, Hey, how about some offbeats here? Can you, can you play a few, you know, and let's see what, can but going the future, the future is always, always, uh, uh, dangerous territory, Any But you just got to move on. Anything can happen to you. You just got to just be dead positive at what you're doing. Don't be closed in, you know. Really enjoy what you're doing and to the best of your ability.
0: That's mm-hmm. my. Uh, and that's very good advice as well, guys. Once again, uh Mick Peeney, Craig Marshall, and uh Pete Feenstrup, part of Audio 54. Are you blind on the mic right on your show? Guys, very big. Thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Learned a lot from <laughs> you guys. Looking forward to you and soon and Pete, great to have you on. Make sure you keep this up to date, keep in touch, right. love you back. And once again, uh, what's your website? How do people contact? Where can people purchase and check out your music? And Pete, where can they find you at and your shows? Well, my shows is
1: www.getreadytorock.com. to rock radio.com or if you want the printed reviews it's get ready to rock.com or if you want to see some of
0: my shows it's finstra.co.uk okay and uh craig how about you how can people uh find okay. you and uh, check out your works
2: basically on, on all streaming platforms uh all download platforms and uh at bandcamp, um, com uh, forward slash audio 54 or for Mick, it would be forward slash Mick Penny.
0: Okay, all right, we will certainly do that, guys. A very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely amazing. Looking forward to having you soon. Make sure you keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Live head back. We wish all the best, and guys, you got a great future ahead of you. Let's do it again soon.
2: Cheers, Mike. Thanks, thanks very much, Mike. Thanks. Lovely. All right. Thank you. Listen.